Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast here. Father John. Father Nathan. Hello, gents and ladies. Starting off year five. Here we go. Rusty nails. We could finally open the drambuie. It was like the yeah. sword and the stone pulling <laughs> that thing. But we got it out. Yep. A little hot water. Popped it right open. So we're back here now. It's been... Uh, kind of a crazy couple of weeks so we did like one uh, right before uh christmas run right after a guy named father mike rapp showed up uh randomly as he always does we had a nice time with him in the mountains but we uh happy to do the anniversary one with him with his kind of uh scraggly middle school voice which i've missed you know we all have <laughs> and uh here we are we're uh coming to the end of january it's crazy yep Next time we record, I'm going to have my foot up because I'm going to have crutches. Oh, really? Ankle surgery coming. A week from Monday. Wait, you're having surgery? Yes. Just kidding. On my ankle. Another one. End of ski season. John's going to learn about the uh, bus system of Aurora because right. he won't be driving. The RTD system. Yep. Picking me up. Figure out which line takes you to Starbucks, which line takes you to spin class, you know? Yeah. No more spin. Maybe extra Starbucks. And uh, hopefully some handicapped seating and concerts. Ooh. Isaacoff. Are you? Yeah, man. I'll come in a wheelchair for sure. I'm in a wheelchair. Just look really pathetic up front. And I'm in a wheelchair. Don't forget about the wheelchair. Do you remember that? I have no idea what you're talking there was about. A Snoop, there was like a Saturday Night Live skit with Snoop Dogg where he like faces off against a kid um, in a wheelchair. And so like Snoop Dogg's like doing this awesome rap, but then this other kid's like rapping in a wheelchair. Like, uh, I get it. That's why the wheelchair. That's what made you <sighs> think of that. I think Snoop Dogg is really into uh, coaching football now for his like 14-year-old what, you're kid. going sans pop guard? I didn't notice the pop guard was off, though. There you go. Get it back on. All right. <laughs> Jeez. We're not going to fight in front of the kids. All right, we talked about this. Yep. We're off to an incredibly awkward uh, 2015 here. So, <laughs> uh, but we're... <laughs> been a long week yeah the next one will be funnier because we'll have this drink in us but uh for right now they gotta suffer the through. drink and the pain pills from your <laughs> surgery that you'll share with me oxycodone yeah i think i've got some extra farm. i got some ones left over from the year that i cut myself twice we're gonna do a podcast farm party edition that'll be awesome farm par- oh farm party farmaceuticals get it okay let's get to a topic here i don't even want to talk about this well, we you, don't have to. Well, we don't have anything else. Yep. All right. <laughs> well, let's, let's just talk. load up, folks. Let's, let's talk about apathy. That's all we're feeling right now. So they're going to be they're going to listen to these podcasts and be like, "These are the two moodiest human beings on the planet." <laughs> Either like ecstatic or yep. angry or sad. Today it's just lazy. The the secret word for today is histrionic. Histrionic. Go. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I okay. Disclaimer. How many hard-hitting topics do you feel like we've covered on this podcast? Three. Really? Yeah. Okay. Voting. Voting. The second one you did on voting. Yes. <laughs> is that really? You counted those as two? No. Okay. Voting. Um, gosh, I don't I, I don't know. Marijuana. 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 Okay. Marijuana. I think the Also known the as Acapulco Gold. <laughs> Descent into hell. Really? I think so. 
Okay, hard-hitting for Augustine Institute grads. <laughs> Who definitely don't listen to this podcast. So we've been, I don't know, in some sense... He wants to get, uh, let's shake it up. Let's get crazy in I don't even want to shake it up. I don't. I don't even get on the floor whenever they put on Twist. Like, I just can't do it. I know. We're all happy you don't do it, though. Whatever. Whatever. Okay, um, we got a hard hitter today. I'm not saying that it's a hard hitter. I'm just saying, like, there a lot of the reasons why we have a, a pretty multivalent group of people that listen to this podcast is because we don't go into, like, extremely polarizing subject matters. Not saying that we do- avoid them deliberately, but they just haven't yet come up. At some point, we're gonna we're gonna get, and we've said this on the podcast. We're gonna try and do a really well done to- like podcast on topics that you may have either difficulty explaining to your friends or difficulty understanding yourself. Um, and uh, I'm not saying that this is one of them, but we're getting a little closer. Gotcha. Nobody's really going to, like, flip out about, you know, meat on Fridays or the martyrs of Sebast. Right. Right? Two topics you did. I only did the uh, meat on Fridays ones. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I agree. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. It's not that we're upset with each other, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I think you're picking up a little bit of tension. It's just when some people, and I'm not I'm not saying who, when some people just show up, okay? They just show up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I think we're both just really tired because we've been on vacation for two of the last, well, we had Christmas, then we went on vacation, and then this was our first week back. And it's like everything, devastating. Yeah, it's like everything is so much harder when you've been gone that long. Yeah, yeah. I had my phone off for ten days. Yeah, amazing. And uh, and then everything fell apart this week, so we're a little fried. Okay, okay. Enough disclaimers. Enough disclaimers. Here is the topic, (laughs) ladies. Swimsuit season is soon upon us. Some of you want to let out some of that winter flesh so that the sun can bake it to a bacon goodness of 98.7 degrees. So the question becomes, two-piece or one? I prefer the one-piece. Oh, man. As you know, the star suit has uh, been a very modest option in all... (laughs) Wait, are you talking about cultures and places? Our preferences of what you wear? No, I'm saying, like... In general. Okay, here's the topic. Sans creepy movie guy voice. Someone asked me, and I won't say who, because she'll get really embarrassed. Andrea Plito. <laughs> That's not her. Um, uh, definitely not her. But she lives up, you know, a ways from here. Um, <laughs> shoot, I almost gave it away. Okay, so she asked me, um, do you think that that uh, that women can wear bikinis? That's the question. Do you think that women can wear bikinis? And I was like, well, obviously Thomas addresses this in the third part of the third part under like, you know, temperance with the subheading bikinis. Right. Okay. Can I tell a funny story first? (laughs) Yes. Go for it. Because this this is kind of dragging on. So we might as well drag it a little further. So we had these ladies that came and worked at our seminary for a while, uh, collecting money for the new harvest campaign. Uh, if you remember. And so they would come to lunch, but they would sit by themselves. 
but they would ne- they would they would never fill up a whole table. So there was always like two or maybe three seats extra, and you felt bad kind of leaving them alone. So um, random guys would go sit with these ladies, and I usually didn't because I would put my foot in my mouth, and you know I just would just like a quiet lunch and maybe some banter, but like nothing hard hitting. Okay, have I told you this story? No, I don't think so. Anyways, so one day I was serving tables. And so, like, everybody else eats, and then you serve uh, the meal, and then after you serve dessert, you sit down. You know. Right. Okay? So the bell rings. The bell rings. These ladies are still sitting there, and I'm getting ready to take the extra desserts back to our table so that we can, you know, just eat our lunch and then go do whatever. Um, But sometimes people like the desserts, so you don't necessarily want to offer them seconds, but I thought I'd be nice. And so it was an especially good, especially good cake that day, as I as I recall. And so I walk over to these two ladies, and uh, I said, um, "Would you care for any more cake, ladies?" And they both look at me, and they just kind of like, "No. Why would we want more cake? Like, why are you talking to us?" And I'm like, "Great, I did it again." But I'm like, "Quick, lighten the mood. It'll be fine." And I said, "Ladies, swimsuit season is." months away i think you can get away with the second piece and the larger of the two Uh girls just like turns to me and stares and i'm just like oh crap and then i fake the thing where it's just like what okay i'm coming and then i like (laughs) ran away that is ridiculous okay so bikinis bikinis what's your first impression i don't have a problem with them you don't have a problem with them i don't that's my first impression. Meaning you don't have a problem with women wearing them or you personally don't have a problem with them? Either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll no. be right back after this message from Maker's Mark. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, that's just my first impression. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's one of these. Well, first off, I think the whole question of modesty in dress yes. is like uh, so... Um, Excess, it's so excessively overdone, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard more talks about modesty than I did about contemplative prayer, you know, for the first couple of years. Yeah. And I was just like, what is wrong with this? And you mean I, high school? Yeah, in high school. I think it's kind of like a Puritan cultural yep. thing. Um, I think that, I don't know, I just, it doesn't seem to really, this doesn't seem to be like a real issue of like, this is like a, uh, to have the gravity that it seems to carry in our culture where, it's just like this is a problem, and we need to like really take a stand on it. I think some of them are definitely ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, um, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, there's kind uh, of like there's like, there's so there's, it's kind of a there's a scale to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's different classes of two piece versus one piece swimming suits. Yeah. I mean, there's even different classes of one piece swimming suits. I mean, as exemplified by my star suit. Right, which is uh, extremely modest. Extremely chaste and modest. And it makes everyone who looks at you in it want to be extremely chaste. Yeah, pretty much. The um, And the funny thing is, I, I saw some one... I was just in Florida for a couple of days, and I saw some one pieces that I think were more... Right. Um, they were more... Uh, how would I... What would be the word for this? They're... they're Elicitous of desire? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're more kind of like... I don't know. They they catch your eye more. Kind of they're crazier looking, and um, mm-hmm. 
And so sometimes it's like, well, I don't know if that's necessarily the problem is the one piece versus two piece distinction. Right. That's just my first thought though. Yeah. I mean, the, the person who asked this question, I mean, her first comment to me was based solely on a financial perspective, uh, one pieces are really expensive. And whereas two pieces aren't that expensive. Right. And I'm like, well, you're getting like, um, uh, like less than one quarter meters of, of, uh, cubic meters of clothing, you know, right. like it's less clothing, whatever. Okay. So the reason why I thought it was a good question um, is it brought me back to the days with Sister Prudence Uh-oh. in uh, <laughs> Philosophical Anthropology um, and our treatment of Love and, and responsibility. responsibility by Carol Wojtyla. Um And uh, I remembered specifically, and maybe, maybe you remember as well, um, that he takes up a question of whether the garment in question has a function to it. Hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. I thought that was a good distinction. So what he was saying was, um, if somebody say like in uh, a leotard for uh, ballet or gymnastics, like there is a specific purpose to a specific function to that garment. Um, I don't really, I don't really know ballet. I really don't know gymnastics, but I would surmise that if you were wearing like overall bibs, it would just be kind of hard to do like the triple lutz. Right. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Right. Um, so he's saying like one shouldn't immediately like point to someone who's wearing a garment such as that and saying like they are being a modest because they're wearing um, something that would otherwise seem skimpy. Right. However, if someone's wearing like uh, a leotard esque yoga pant um on the elevator because she's going to work that could also be considered awkward because the function for the yoga pant is for yoga not necessarily for work filing cabinets or something right. does that make sense mm-hmm. um good distinction that was actually a backhanded uh jab at John who tends to wear yoga pants when he's filing. I don't want to talk about it, but here comes the dream buoy. Mm. Uh, so the question I have is, is your 1920s bathing suit functional or not? Oh, yeah. I mean, it is made of lycra, John. <laughs> By Donald James. Um, no, I mean, like, if you look at divers or, like, swimmers, I mean, right. even even the, the swimsuits have changed in the past, I don't know how many years, because, like, used to be everybody was wearing, like, the Speedo thing, but then, like, you remember a couple years ago, you had, like, the shark skin, like, the like the swimmers, even the male swimmers were wearing one-piece one piece shark skin, um, like, longer pants or something, because it would help them glide through the water. It has a function to it. Gotcha. So, like, when you're swimming, right. and you want to swim well... You need clothing that is more tight fitting. Right. There's actually a reason why people used to go skinny dipping because uh, you didn't really need to be wearing uh, galloons. Right. If you were um, if now, you this were doesn't skinny. this doesn't always work um, in the sense that there's a certain attire for road bikers that I uh, mm-hmm. do occasionally wear, mm-hmm. and I remember the first time uh, Leslie Wharton, our good friend saw me road biking and okay. I thought she was going to like have a heart attack because her priest was in, you know, spandex all of a sudden. Right. 
So then you have the whole question of like circumstance, you know? Yes. You know, if you were in a leotard in a ballet, I would be like, yeah, that's functional clothing, but this is kind of effed up, you know? Really? Yeah. But what if I was a really good ballet dancer and it was fitting that I would wear that? Yeah, but you're a priest. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. Well, what if a what if a priest um, has a skill as an exceptional swimmer or exceptional diver or exceptional road biker or an exceptional road biker? Right, yeah, that's true. I think again that the clothing has a function, right. and so like I I don't I didn't feel comfortable wearing uncomfortable wearing it, but she was like horrified. When were you just coming back from a ride? Or yes. Were, okay, but like, were you still walking around the student center? Uh, it was at a coffee shop, actually. Okay, yeah. And this is Boulder, Colorado. This is like normal, actually. That's people, true. Yeah. People in spandex everywhere. Like, That's true. Aurora, not so much. Yeah. Um, well, I think, okay, just to kind of like flip. She's also kind of awkward in general. She's Leave our friend. Leslie alone. <laughs> I just spoke to her today. It was really nice. Okay. This is what Carol Wojtyla says, because I, I had to read a lot about this um, in this section. This is in, um, again, the book is Love and Responsibility. and in Sexology? No, this isn't the sexology section. Uh, this is under the heading The Person and Chastity, and under the subheading The Problem of Shamelessness, mm. which I think uh, maybe another topic on shamelessness would be really interesting, because nice. he has some great points on it. But this is what he says about function. When a person uses such a form of dress in accordance with its objective function, we cannot claim to see anything immodest in it, even if it involves partial nudity. Whereas the use of such a costume outside its proper context is immodest and is inevitably felt to be so. For example, there is nothing immodest about the use of a bathing costume at a bathing place, but to wear it in the street or while out for a walk is contrary to the dictates of modesty. So, um... Wearing the wearing the road biking clothing while you're road biking, I don't think is a problem. Continuing to wear the road biking clothing while you're enjoying a nice latte americano, whatever, um, in the presence of students, could I mean under this heading could be considered. I was running late. All right, I was running late. The ladies must have the nipple. Okay, we're gonna edit that. What? Keep talking. <laughs> okay, so bathing. Okay. Back to bikinis. Back to bikinis. So I would say, um, in some sense, it's kind of twofold. One, like, are you getting um, a bikini that is still within the realm of modesty? Okay. Right. Or is it like, is it a, a, a piece of clothing that is chosen specifically to elicit desire on the part of others? Right. Okay. What they see and what they do with the sight of you in a bikini is really up to them. Um, but for you, like, are you choosing a garment? And not that it has to be, like, purely functional, like, and it has to be, like, ugly looking and drab and whatever else. Fine. But, like, one, that's the first thing to look at. Like, does is the bikini, like, within the realm of, realm of reason? Two, um, are you wearing this garment outside of the context of its use which i would include like sunbathing okay i get it like you you can't really be in a smock if you're sunbathing um and you're swimming but then like continuing to wear it like while you're out for drinks and whatever else i don't know like i've seen women in bikinis where they find ways to be modest even though they're like 
uh, in something that's more revealing. There's a whole Seinfeld episode on that. Do you remember that one? What? Where Elaine gives her friend a bra for, uh, right. she wears it as a top. Exactly. And it causes a car accident at the Kramers. And, yeah. So I agree with that. So are you saying that the function of a bikini is twofold, swimming and sunbathing? Or kind of recreate, beach recreation? Sure. As long And so as long as it stays in the parameter of that and it's not intrinsically, you're not intrinsically trying to yeah. be provocative, then it's fitting yeah because then i mean people also do it you use that wearing in in beach volleyball or something so i think that's what i would agree or with spike ball you can play in your spike ball you can play in the spike ball i think that's a that's a good evaluation this is far more intelligible than i expected it to be okay here's part uh here's one thing that uh just to kind of to go to the other perspective which is um like what if somebody's wearing this bikini because one, they will look better Two, others will think they look better. Um, and it kind of creates this sort of hip Vogue chic image of I'm, I am an object that elicits your love. Okay. This is what Carol Voitia says about that. Physical shamelessness. We shall use the term physical shamelessness to describe any mode of being or behavior on the part of a particular person which the values of sex as such are given such prominence that they obscure the essential value of the person. The consequence is that the person is put in the position of an object of use, a being which can be treated as something merely to be used, especially in the second meaning of the word, not to be loved. Um, so like, we, if... Because I'm sorry, I'm a guy. I don't I don't think about these things, but like there are certainly ways in like in the beach culture in which women are trying to make themselves objects, desirable objects, noticeable objects, um, and so if the prominence um, in the garment is placed upon certain attributes of the person instead of like seeing it as a whole. Well, then uh, now one person's just trying to draw attention to certain facets of their body and elicit desire, specifically sexual desire, without a regard for the fact that they are a person that's not just like something to be drunk in, but to be appreciated, enjoyed, and um, uh, communicated in dialogue with. Right. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, this is this is tricky because I really have no knowledge whatsoever of the variations of bikini types. Like, how much of this is a? Because I, I mean, to be quite honest, it seems to me it's like you either have a body that will elicit attraction when it wears a bikini, or you don't. And there are certain bikini wearers that you're just like, oh. And there are other ones That's when, true. You, when you're saying, okay, and is it the is it the bikini itself, or is it actually That's just? True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that discernment actually need to happen on? You know, if you're Punky Brewster, you probably, you know. You got to be careful. Have a one piece on, probably. Now, um, that's funny that you say that because um, our neighbor used to to mow her lawn in a pink bikini on a riding lawnmower. And I would not say (laughs) that she is a woman who I think um, would illicit desire just by wearing the bikini but the funny thing was like every single time she would um she would go out and like turn on a riding lawnmower i would go in and find Jimi hendrix foxy lady (laughs) 
and like turn it on and just be like, lady. So, and that was kind of the running joke in our house. Foxy lady. Foxy lady. That's funny. Yeah, I think this is an interesting. Because you know you are, sweet little heartbreaker. Foxy. Ding, ding, Foxy. Well, I think what's interesting about this is um, you've uh, you found a criterion to actually begin a conversation mm-hmm. uh, around this instead of just bikinis are bad, you know. Right. Which is kind of the typical shtick on this. But we need to wrap it up here pretty quick. Okay. I see you looking at the Can, book again. Yeah, but. one more thing. Okay. So that's on the side of the, the subject, like the person that's wearing the bikini. What do you do about others who are... Um, who are walking along the beaches sort of on the prowl and just like want to like scope out all the chicks and right. um, it doesn't matter who. I mean, you you could have you be wearing a bikini, but have like three kids and it doesn't matter. Like right. they're still going to like be on the prowl. OK, um, there are circumstances in which nakedness is not immodest, um, meaning like, you know, less clothing, um, you know, swimming, bathing, whatever. If someone takes advantage of such an occasion to treat the person as an object of enjoyment, even even if his action is purely internal, it is only he who is guilty of shamelessness, immodesty of feeling, not the other. Yeah. So, like, in some sense, you can't control um, how other people are going to perceive you. Yeah. But before you go out into the into the world of perception... What is the statement that you're looking to make about yourself? Right. Um, and like, know your intentions. Um, so I think that's as close as I'm going to get under the under the protection and intercession of oh, St. John, John Paul, Paul II, II to kind of like say, um, ladies, swimsuit season's coming up. You'll have to discern for yourself. Right. One more piece of cake for you. Well done. Let me give two shout outs before we go here. One is to a guy named J.P., from St. Peter's in Bourne, Bourne, Texas, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, our friend Adrian Suski, uh, Shushke, her, uh, she told me about this guy down in Texas. He's a big fan. So this is a surprise. It's like a sneak attack. Ah! Shout out. JP from uh, St. Peter's in Texas. Thanks for listening. JP, you had to listen to a whole podcast on bikinis in order to get your shout out. And then you the second it. one is to an, a fellow fish fan. And... Oh. And um, Ferraro, the sister of Mary Ferraro. Do you know Mary Ferraro? Mary and Joe, now Porto, just got married last weekend. So shout out to them. I don't think Mary listens, who is folks missionary, a friend of mine. But Anne, her sister does. Okay. And Anne told me, I've married both her sisters, and Anne told me I could be the ring bearer in her wedding. How about that? Nice. So looking forward to that. Thanks One for listening. One piece tuxedo, John. One piece. <laughs> okay. I would like to give a special commendation to two folks that um, sent uh, one that sent snail mail, um, which is very impressive. They found my address through St. Francis Cabrini, where is, this is the parish I work at, and then all of a sudden it shows up uh, in my mailbox, and so I want to commend them. It's one of these letters with like the newspaper letters. Exactly. <laughs> I have I have your dog. <laughs> Give me three hundred dollars. No answer. Hi, Father John and Father Nathan. Hi. My family and I are are avid listeners to you and Father John's podcasts. We are all absolutely in love with them. We appreciate the real quality of your personalities and the fact that you share so much of your life with us. 
Surprisingly, your podcasts have significantly motivated me in particular to learn more about my faith. So whenever they go on uh, road trips to Colorado, they're from New Mexico. Yeah. Um, they choose their favorite, like, one of the podcasts. So um, any clue as to what some of the favorite ones are? Oh, geez. Probably all yours. Kind of. you're talking. <laughs> um, I have no idea. Regina, age nine. Batman. Batman? Luke, age 12. Quiz show. Martyrs of Sebast. Oh, nice. Raleigh, 15. Angels. Dad, Kevin, Michael the Archangel. And Viana, Mom, Batman. Come on, Batman. No Balthazar, sorry. Just, just to clarify, we have two other brothers in our family. One of them is Rourke, and he's in college, so apparently he doesn't have a favorite because he's in college. And the other one is Ransom, which I think is a sweet name. Ransom? They must be huge Mel Gibson fans. Uh, Ransom is one year old. Anyways, please pray for our family, the Sykes family, from Rio Rancho, New Mexico. So, uh, thanks for the letter. Seriously. Who, like, who actually wrote the letter? Um, Ransom. Ransom. <laughs> uh, oh, Raleigh. Raleigh. Nice. Thanks for the letter. That's great. She's 15. Okay. And then the other one was in response to our Catholic... Or Catholic stuff. What's it called? Theology on Tap that we did on consumerism. Okay. So... Father Nathan, Father Nathan, I listened to your podcast on consumerism. It really hit home as a consumer and a producer. Over the past few years, after changing ownership, our grocery store slowly dwindled to the point where they had to close the doors. That meant everyone had to drive 30 miles each way to go grocery shopping, primarily at Walmart. A couple months ago, the original owner got the store back, and now we have a store with fully stocked shelves. We now shop more in our hometown, but continue to shop at Walmart for probably 60% of our groceries because it's cheaper. Because it's cheaper. After listening to your podcast, we will probably shop at the small business more. From a producer's view, what you said makes a lot of sense. We sell and raise chickens and beef. Our customers are definitely paying more than they would at the store, but are getting not only a better product, but also better service. In addition, there is a relationship that is developed between me and them, meaning the consumer. So your podcast made me realize the disconnect between my view as a consumer and a producer. I guess I believed in shopping local, but on a limited basis, when in reality, that still feeds into consumerism. So this is from Dave, who's part of the St. Joseph's Youth Group in Akron, uh, Colorado. Nice. Um, and uh, they came out for our uh, retreat that we did with some of the kitties. So nice. Dave, thanks again for your letter. And It's nice to know that Offroot came from that horrific theology on tap. That's true. That's great. Um, yeah, and I wish I had Dave's. So look up Dave Poss's Chicken and Beef. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you in part by Dave Poss Chicken and Beef, Akron, Colorado, where we get more bang for your move. Okay. Right, let's uh, let's close this up before the loon clock fires off here in a minute. Roger, so, copy Catholic out. Catholic stuff, uh, you should know at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. Well done, Father Nathan. Tackle on a difficult topic. We love hearing from you, especially snail mail. That's what we're going to fade out with. We'll see you, see next you later. Week.